What's up, everybody? You are listening to Switch Flicks, the podcast where we love and hate movies at the same time. I'm your host, Omar, and I'm with my bug-eyed wall crawler. Hi, Sam. You know. Yes. <laughs> when I was younger. Yep. Uh, I was bitten by a radioactive man. <laughs> okay, what happened to you? I became the superhero man-man. Uh, I have the superpower of male pivorage. I have the superpower of male pivorage. <laughs> you don't that. have the superpower of speech. No. I have the superpower of male privilege. 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 I have the superpower of male privilege. Uh-huh. And also herpes. Today, we are reviewing Spider-Man Far From Home. The rules of the podcast are simple. Haisam and I review something. One of us will have to love it. One of us will have to hate it. Who does what will be determined by the flip of a coin. The coin of fate? The coin of fate. The coin of fate does whatever a coin of fate can do. The catch is that at any point in our debate, we can use the switch to change positions. So if you loved it, you now hate it. And if you hated it, you now love it. Spoilers, as always. Let us begin with our patented one breath synopsis. Spider-Man Far From Home is a 2019 American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character Spider-Man, co-produced by Columbia Pictures and Marvel Studios and distributed by Sony Pictures Releasing. It is the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming 2017 and the 23rd film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe MCU. The film is directed by John Watts, written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers and stars Tom Holland as Peter Parker Spider-Man alongside Samuel L. Jackson, Zendaya, Kobe Smulders, John Favreau, J.B. Smoove, Jacob Battalion, Battalion, Martin Shar, Marissa Tomei, and Jake Gyllenhaal. It's Spider-Man Far From Home. Parker is recruited by Nick Fury and Mysterio to face elemental threats from another dimension while he is on his school trip to Europe. I am now about to flip the coin of fate. If it lands on heads, you have to love this movie. If it lands on tails, you have to hate it. <laughs> Why are you talking like that? It started off as me trying to do a Stan Lee thing, but then it did work out. <laughs> it sounded a bit more like Jeff Goldblum. I, I immediately regretted that decision. <laughs> Here goes nothing. Tails. All right, so I gotta hate it. Spider-Man was close to home. It really hit all the beats that it needed to. It was a fun, exciting <laughs> film uh, full of superhero action, comedy. This movie's so funny. Romance, uh, one of the best villains in the MCU, and all around a great time at the cinemas. Spider-Man was far from being a good movie. It wanted me to go back home, and it was just kind wow. of low fruit, low okay, hanging fruit Keep here. your negativity to the Daily Bugle, <laughs> Mr. Jameson. Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. Here you are talking all this negativity about Spider-Man, even though there's nothing negative to talk about. Right? How many times can they make a Spider-Man movie though? I mean, like really, like they, this is like at the least, sixth. At least seven to eight <laughs> times is the answer to that question. It's like they just keep trying to do it again and again and, and hoping that they get it right. And besides, and they keep getting it right. No, no, they don't keep getting it right. They they've, keep they've, getting it. Well, I mean, they've okay. misstepped so many times in the past. Yes. And in this case, it didn't even feel like it was a Spider-Man movie as much as it felt like it was an MCU movie. It was an M it was an MCU Spider-Man movie. Just like, it was like, they, as a matter of you fact, you lost Spider-Man in the MCU f world now. Not it's really. Like it's this more is about one of, like, if anything, this is one of the movies where there's only a singular superhero character, right? In a lot of the MCU movies, now you have like Thor and then the Hulk. But over no. here, Spider-Man's the only superhero. But, so I don't know what you're you talking about. Well, can you say that when Iron Man was ever present throughout the entire film, when, uh, when, when, um, 
when Fury was there the whole time as well. But they when when there. in the callback, uh, you know, you even had the Skrulls at the end. Like, yeah, yeah, no, this was like packed full of other uh, other members but, of the MCU, which is amazing. That's the universe. Of oh, the yeah. movie. I <laughs> like how yeah, you flipped I it over. I don't know why you're thinking that as a complaint. I just, right? I mean, look, I just felt like the one problem that Spider-Man's always had was that they just put too much into his movies, and you kind of lose Spider-Man in that kind of mess. And I felt like they were making that mistake here again. Really? I, yeah. I, I understand that complaint, but I don't agree with it whatsoever, especially in this movie, right? This movie is one of those singular, it feels like a comic book issue of like the Spider-Man movies. As Switch! To, this movie feels like toilet paper. It's like written <laughs> on toilet paper. Written on toilet paper. Okay, because it's disgusting. But okay, it's great is, writing on toilet right? paper. No, no, no. no it's no. the greatest writing that's ever happened to I don't know paper. why they decided to turn Spider-Man into some kind of high school teen Because he is a high school teen who no. is involved in a romance. But this That's is, a story. This movie was barely a superhero <laughs> film, right? And it starts off so slowly. We're seeing all these kind of really slapsticky comedy beats of them Charming in high school. and hilarious. It was so much fun. You know what? I really love that part of it is that you got to see nervous, geeky, awkward Peter Parker just being so relatable. And and the way that they incorporated the 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 blip as they call it was yeah. just so funny. They really kind of belittled what happened with uh, the blip and all the sacrifices of the superhero movies like in retrospective like you see these movie you see these people they're gone they're back again and they made the whole thing like this funny joke as opposed to taking it any seriously. Just keep in mind that previously we had Endgame and we had Infinity War, heavy, heavy films. I mean, Endgame was just a tragedy. And so it was very important for them to have uh, to bounce back with this lighthearted uh, teenage uh, focused, uh, you know, Spider-Man that no, allowed you to just feel was, a bit like more lighthearted about it. I don't I don't mind it being a little more lighthearted, but this was pretty much played as a comedy, right? And it's, what a funny comedy it was. It was hilarious. No, it felt like one of those Disney Channel, you know, those movies, you know, Zack and Cody's. Wait, 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 Zach who? Zach who? Zach, not Zach? Efron. Zach not, Efron? No, no, it's a different Zach. I know you got a soft spot for Zach Efron. I do. I have a hard spot for <laughs> Zach Efron. Uh, but it's not that, it's not that Zach, unfortunately. Uh, but then what were right? the it's titles like, that you were saying? Zach and who? Zach and Cody, Who's sweet Zach life. And Cody? You don't know Zach and I've Cody? I've never seen Zach You're and so Cody. You're so old. <laughs> what? What about, okay, Hannah Montana. You I know, know Hannah Montana. Wizards of Waverly play. No? Okay. No. Okay, never mind. I just, I, I clearly didn't watch as much Disney Channel as you did. Uh, I didn't either. I, these all came out in the last few years. So if I had watched them, then I, that would make me a creepy man. And clearly, I've not watched any of these. Uh, but, you know, it felt like that, right? It wasn't, it didn't feel like, it did, It felt wafer thin, right? Well, what it, did you want? You wanted like it fluff. to, it didn't, I think that it needed to be lighthearted. It needed to be fun. It needed to put a smile on your face. And, uh, you know, watching this film, you've got a grin on your face the whole time in the first half of the film. And then in the second half of the film, you have exciting action sequences where Spider-Man gets to shine. He gets to do all the really cool stuff that a spider can. Switch. A spider can't do the things that Spider-Man tries to do in this film. What are you talking about? They 
they they just took so many privileges of trying to show him, you know, flying around everywhere, swinging was, around that everywhere. That was so cool, by the way. So you have now Spider-Man in, like, we're used to seeing Spider-Man in New York, right? Now, here is a movie where he's traveling the world. I've never seen him in a setting like this. So it's so interesting to see him just trying to be a regular boy. That is kind of the core uh, problem that Spider-Man Fine, so faces, you've got right? him be a, being a regular boy, right? Fine, okay, fine. It's like a lighthearted comedy. Then you've got this villain who somehow can do everything that he, the, anything that he wants. It like, he's capable of creating any illusion that he wants. He traps Spider-Man in uh, this world of illusion that is completely yeah. nonsensical. I appreciate that it looked cool, but it was like, where's the beginning no, no, and where's no, no, the no. end? Okay. It became this kind of like overwhelming capability for the villain to be all powerful. No, and that was just cheap. You, that was too okay, easy. No, no, too easy. The, okay, no, the, I, let me explain in, you know, two separate parts. Okay. okay. Part one. Part one. Part one A. A. Okay, Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> handsome man. Okay. He's Part got those one, puppy dog eyes. B. Okay, Mysterio in the comic books, he is kind of a absurd character, right? Well, yeah, a lot and of so, the, a lot of the a lot of the villains yes, are always absurd right? and, and colorful. And so they yeah. have to translate those powers into this movie, which they do expertly, right? They mm. use drones, they use the technology to make it work, right? Too much, too much. It's too much of an easy no. answer, and Marvel has a problem they, with that across the board. They do an excellent job of translating this into they they take their time to explain how this works, okay, and we understand how okay, it works. So. There's all these drones and yes. a satellite that's orbiting the planet that mm-hmm. magically can do anything that they want. So there's no limitation on the capacity of... These are uh, some of, of the smartest people working for Tony Stark, getting together and making all these things happen. It's, it's too right? easy. It's too easy. What they do just, you mean it's the dro- too easy? The drones can just fly down, find whoever that they want, whoever they want, create any illusion that they want. And not only that, yes. but but nobody else can, you know, there's no there's no edge to the uh, to to these illusions, yeah, there are there easy. are people who believe Tupac's alive because they see holograms he of is. him in okay. <laughs> right. And so in this world where you know technology such as Iron Man suit exists and Thor exists, you're saying this is too far fetched. That's that's nonsense. The logic of having Iron Man suit is already right at the edge. And Thor, well, Thor comes from an, from another uh, realm. They could write themselves out of any plot sequence or any plot issue by just having the technology solve the problem. But, but they don't the, do the that drone, in this the dro- movie. The they don't use it create, as a crutch. They, they do use it as a crutch. Like, And it's not even, I don't even think that they need it to. I'm going to break your leg so that you're going to need a crutch if you keep <laughs> going on about this stupid problem. Switch. I want to carry you around in my arms and show you better movies than this. Okay, I want to sit you on my lap. <laughs> And, and show you all the good movies. Great. Okay. Because this movie with this use of technology <laughs> is utter nonsense. Also, Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Shave the beard. You don't look good in a beard. Okay. Mysterious. So they they try and set up this whole idea that, oh, there's a big twist that he's the villain. No. This is look, not a big twist. The, Everybody who knows. Doesn't any, matter. Even no. a little bit. We, this is the expertise of the filmmakers is that they took this really obvious villain. Like we, everybody knows that Mysterious exactly. is the bad guy. Exactly. We all agree. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody agrees. Up. And that's fine. We all, everybody knows that Mysterio is the villain. We were all curious to see how it would be handled. And the moment when Mysterio took off his mask and revealed that he was actually villain was so perfect when they're sitting in that when they're sitting in that bar and uh, he manipulates 
Peter Parker into giving him the glasses. And then Peter Parker steps outside. And in that moment, you have this one shot where they all just can't believe that. I saw him the, the movie. You, it don't, was you, so good. Don't, please don't describe the scene so again. So good. I don't want to live through that scene again. Don't describe it. I saw the movie. Okay. It was dumb, right? <laughs> they play, the music swells up and it's, you're, it you're perfect. it's supposed to be like the ending of Sixth Sense and you're just supposed to be like, oh, he's the bad guy. What? No. I, I looked okay. at your face. And and you couldn't hide your joy at seeing okay. this happen. Do not Don't, sit here and lie to my face. Do not bring in real uh, reality, real, real life facts into this debate. Okay, that's not what so this is happy. about. Right? I was so and happy. Wait, that yeah. moment, Jake Gyllenhaal couldn't have been more perfect because he played this role, this dual role, so well. On the one hand, you wanted him to actually be the good guy. Like, even though we all knew that he wasn't, you wanted him to be as this puppy dog eyes, he's got that beard. You just, he's such a, such a, such a handsome fellow. No. Yeah. Well, you're just jealous no. of, of his beard. Listen, let me you stop. can't grow Wait, a proper here, beard. Here's the thing about Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. And I don't, and then he I flips into grow, the bad guy. There's a role. difference. I can grow a beard. I don't grow you a beard. You choose not to? I'm on a blacklist on some airports. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Jake Gyllenhaal's motivations as a bad guy. Okay. So he has some problem with Tony oh, brilliant. Stark. Brilliant. Come on, come up with something new. This was the same motivation brilliant. that, okay. So the vulture had a problem with Tony Stark. So he was the bad guy. Jake Gyllenhaal had a problem with Tony Stark. So he's the bad guy. Why Tony, can't, Tony why Stark can't and the Avengers no. have caused a lot of Listen, a lot of good and they've caused a lot of damage in I their, understand, in their past, but so of course I you're going to have I think it's about time out. Spider-Man had uh, his own villain that is not not motivated. Spider-Man is 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 a teenager. He hasn't had time to we develop villains. We have had so many motivations. We have had so many villains now where they're all motivated by something that Iron Man did to them. I want something new. I wanted something the original. The great thing is how they took that motivation and they linked it to the previous films. And in that same scene in the bar where they, he started to point out the different people who were supporting him in this enterprise that they were up to and showing the connection between uh, the guy who's developed the uh, the, uh, the, oh. the drone tech to the second uh, Iron Man 2, I think it was. Oh, yeah, that was a brilliant. That was a cool casting trick. That's all it is, right? Brilliant. It's just a cool casting trick. It was like this. Not only that, it, you know what? It would have made a nice Easter egg, but they had to go out of their way and like point it out and go back to the Iron Man scene saying like, hey, look how clever we are. We used the same guy. We had this idea. It all was along. clever. It no, was so it clever, wasn't. and it was so satisfying right? that this wasn't just some ragtag bunch the of thing b- with, a bunch of misfits. Thing, it was people who yes. actually had a vested interest. No, here's the thing about Spider-Man villains in general, right? In terms of the comics, they always have a personal attachment to to Peter. That's one of the cool things about Spider-Man villains. All of them do, right? But over here, they've changed that around and they've made Tony Stark, Iron Man, the reason why these superheroes exist. And that is just, you know, it, it, it shows the, you know, the corruption that the MCU is facing, placing on the Spider-Man where everything has to be about Iron Man. What do you care so much about Iron Man? I mean, really, honestly. I don't. This well, movie, what's your issue with Iron Man? This movie cares about so much about Iron Man, right? What's he, your problem listen, with Iron Man, man? When people die, you move on. <laughs> Okay, he's Why? dead. Let's move on. Let's not go back. Yeah, let's to Iron celebrate Man. his life. He was he was a hero. Well, he wasn't. He's turning people into bad guys. <laughs> well, Everybody you know. is a bad guy. And you know what? And you know because they do that, it puts uh, you know Mysterio in stark contrast. Stark contrast stark. to Vulture, right? He was also a similar villain, but Vulture was such a better villain than this. Mysterio was so charismatic. 
And that's the thing that made him so interesting is that he could turn on the charisma and fool everybody. And then on the other hand, actually show what a depraved lunatic he is. No, I want to let's let's talk about that ending sequence, right? Mm-hmm. Where all the drones are there and they're destroying things that it felt so cheap because you're just seeing these faceless drones shooting at Peter Parker and he's trying to attack them. It was just boring. There was no there was no excitement there. And then there's a sequence where the drones are revealed to be drones and Mysterio himself says, I will show people what they what I want them to see. That then ties into the ending when we see Mysterio fooling everybody by trying to convince them that Spider-Man was the one controlling the drones. This was all connected. The I, drones were part of this plan to begin with. I like that you bypassed what I said by talking about something completely different that was actually I'm just kind saying. Of, okay. I'm just no, telling well, you the drones were a useful tool, you know? They were. And That's by what they the were. Way, That's exactly what they were. They exactly. were a tool. And this guy is fighting a tool and you're a tool <laughs> for bringing up this idea of the drones being any good. And the illusions that were created by the drones were just incredible. I mean, it was just like you didn't know where one began and the other one ended. It was it was just phenomenal. So you oh had these God. drones. You know what? That were that no. that you had these wait, drones. Wait, wait. Stop kissing Spider Man's <laughs> ass, okay? Because I can't tell where one begins and the other one ends. Speaking of which, the relationship between Zendaya and Spider Man, their little romantic liaison, their awkward yet adorable connection was just so well done. Switch. Completely unnecessary. What do I care about some teenage romance? I mean, really, just because, you know, just because I didn't have a teenage romance doesn't mean that I want to look at Zendaya. I mean, she only has one name. What's your your last name? What's her family name? She's just, what does she think? She's Madonna? I mean, she actually, she is a singer, so... Uh, Zendaya, that's, yeah, that's ooh, what it is. I don't need no, two names. The, the teen romance is so adorable. Those two are so adorable together, like, Why the are you whole getting, time. You're getting really worked up about how adorable yes, they are. I'm shipping them, right? That's a thing that people what say. What does that mean? Shipping, you don't know. I what, don't so know. What shipping, you're so old. What you shipping? Don't, you don't know Zach and Cody. You I don't, don't know, know Zach I don't know shipping, Okay, no. does, it's when you want two Enlighten people me. to... It's when you want two people to get together, right? And you right. want those two to but get together. But could they make it more obvious? It's like you've been wanting them to get together from the first film as well you know it, it reminded me of my days in high school where you know i was an awkward teen and no girl wanted to talk to me okay were you living vicariously through spider-man i was i was like i wish i had a zendaya right i did not have a zendaya i did have a ned <laughs> you did yes he didn't have me back though. he did not have a, bit of a no. problem and speaking of which the relationship between ned and the blonde girl betty it uh, was just so funny how it started off in the airplane and they had this like you're little hating, romance. You're hating on it. Speaking of which, the relationship between Ned and Betty, so ancillary to this whole film, like so pointless. It so is so funny. Irrelevant. Huh? It's like they didn't know what to do with Ned. So they were like, mm, let's just have him like kind of spend time with Betty and call each other babe no, all the time. It's so great. It's like he didn't really have a function. It's so great that these cast of characters that are in the movie have their own kind of plot. They have their own motivations. In this other movie, it's always all about the superhero, right? Over here, you see the class, you connect to them. And also, so when they're in danger, which happens in this movie a lot, right? You know, you feel like they're in danger. You want Spider-Man to save all them. all the time. It, this is the thing that I was talking about as far as the writers were concerned. It's like they were just trying to move the whole cast of characters around from one location to the next. And they were just trying to figure out 
what the reasoning behind that is. They just wanted them to be at point A at this time for this thing to happen. It, no, was, but it was very fabricated. Cut. No, it wasn't fabricated. It was forced. The idea is that Spider-Man, because he's Spider-Man, puts the people in his life in danger, right? That's how, you know, that that's how Spider-Man's always been, right? And that's what happens in this movie. He has to struggle with this idea that, okay, because of who I am, I'm putting the people that I love in danger, right? And it's also about him trying to balance the but, life of but school. But it wasn't. He was, it, Spider-Man wasn't the one who was directly putting them in danger. It was just that they happened to be in these locations no, where these terrible happen things happen. They don't happen to be They're put there by Nick Fury, right? <laughs> let's, let's ignore what you just said. Why, why are we ignoring what I just said? <laughs> Fine. That's besides the point. Let's just say... <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> you, I was just hoping say. that you wouldn't come back with that little <laughs> argument. But look, I mean, yeah, put there by Nick Fury, who actually happens to be a scroll. I mean, really, let's talk about that for a second instead of what we were just talking about. He's a scroll, really, the whole time after this. I mean, what was the point of that post-credit scene, really? You know what? Let's just ignore all of that. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the other post-credit scene, which is so amazing. JJ uh, Jameson pops up, right? JK Simmons. Fan service. Perfect casting. Fan service. Right? And what's wrong with that? It was just like, okay. It, was, it wasn't, oh man, it was perfect. And then you find out that everybody knows who Peter Parker is, that that was mysterious final final reveal, right? That's kind of the final twist of well, the Well, they movie. kind of had to, Brilliant. I guess. They kind of had to, I guess, because you really cannot exist in this, you know, modern era with uh, uh, cameras everywhere and mobile phones and all that stuff and still have a, have a secret... Uh, um, uh, identity and still have like a secret identity. I mean, so fine. They, they had to pull it off. They had to show that, uh, you know, he gets found out, but I mean, really it's like, you could tell that they were just banking on this the whole time. Hmm. How do we huh? get all the fans excited? How do we get them talking? What? I know. Let's get J. Jonah Jameson back in action and let's reveal to the world that, that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. I mean, that's something that's been done in the in the comic books ages ago. It's not that big a deal. None of these things you're saying are like, you're just saying it in a weird tone as if like it's a negative thing. It it's is not. a negative thing. This is stuff that's already happened in the comic books. Yes. It's not a big deal. Also, it's not real. It, uh, it happened in the comic books like in Civil War I think where he revealed himself right also like you can't just say like okay do things that aren't in the comic books no that's the whole point it's based on the comic book characters so that's not, no no like. what I'm saying is that it was distracting from the fact that this was just a paint by numbers comic book movie and they just relied on all of the all of the uh, positive relationships that people had with these characters. They, they know that everybody loves J. Jonah Jameson. They know that everybody would be shocked if Peter Parker is revealed to be Spider-Man. Yes. And so they decided so wait, to wait, end wait, wait, on wait, that wait. note. I mean, it's cheap. No, no, no. It's just an easy, an easy win. That's all. What are you saying? It's not at all, right? It is what it, it works because it is so exciting. It's so new. We haven't seen this. We weren't expecting it, right? If it was just fan service, if it was something that was just expected, then it wouldn't work, right? It works because nobody expected it. And then they tried it again with the scrolls thing. I mean, come on, like really. Please no. tell me, please tell me that there's that there's any benefit to having the scrolls be revealed to actually have been uh Nick Fury and 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 what's her name? The whole Remember time. we ignored that. We're I'm not ignoring that. <laughs> okay, so then let me tell you what's going on with that scene. Okay, the, now usually in these movies, right, the second post-credit scenes is just a throwaway gag, right? In the in Spider-Man: Homecoming, it's just uh, Captain America saying, you know, patience is always a good virtue, or something like that, or it's the shawarma. They're meeting shawarma in Avengers, mm -hmm. right? So over here again, it's kind of a throwaway gag, but at the end, you see where Nick Fury. This explains a couple of things. Okay. One. 
Why was Nick Fury, fu- uh, you know, uh, furious? <laughs> Why is Fury furious? Why was Nick Fury uh, fooled by Mysterio, right? Because he's so paranoid. So this explains that. Yeah, and number two, you see Nick Fury. He's up in the up in the clouds, the and spaceship. guess what? Yeah, they're starting Sword, right? Intergalactic Shield, which is amazing, right? That's a great bit of fan service there too. And you, it kind of shows what the future is going to be. So that's, and you know what else is great about that? But it ruins the entire relationship between Nick Fury and and Spider-Man. It destroys anything that they had experienced together throughout that whole film. I mean, really, it just changes it all. It means that they didn't have the chance to build this relationship that they're building together. And it makes them completely like- You know what's really amazing about that sequence? It is- uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's performance, right? <laughs> he is playing Samuel L. Jackson. He's playing Nick Fury by way of Skrull, right? Uh-huh. And so you see it. You see he's the a little more... The double layers, the layers. Yeah, the layers. He's a little more bumbling. He's a little, he's a little different. The subtlety. He's not, right? He's a little more comedic than he would usually uh-huh. be because it's not Nick Fury and then you find that out at the end. Is it Oscar worthy? And so, yeah, it is Oscar worthy. Okay? Like in the nick of time. <laughs> Right, they make that change because then it really shows the you know the different depths of Samuel the Jackson's levels. performance. Right, so good. It's Samuel Jackson playing Samuel Jackson as a scroll playing Nick Fury. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yep. Switch. Samuel L. Jackson, okay, he's in so many movies these days that even in this movie, he has to play multiple characters. He can't be happy being just one character. Why is Samuel Jackson in every single movie ever made? Okay, Mm -hmm. Samuel Jackson, stop making movies. Stop. Just stop. Just stop. Okay. So let's let's talk about how does how does he how does he make you feel when you see him on screen? Uh, furious. Yes. I think overall, this movie, after watching Endgame, felt like it was, it felt flat, right? Switch. After watching this movie, this, I watched this movie in 3D, so nothing about it <laughs> was, was flat. Nothing was flat. Okay, it was all dimensional, <laughs> especially those action sequences, the action sequence in Venice, the drones, the illusions. Switch. The This whole movie was delusional <laughs> if it thought that it would be good, okay? It is not at all good. It is terrible. This movie is far from perfect. All right, well, I think we've reached the natural conclusion of this debate. Now it's time for the moment of truth. Tell me what you really think about the film. I thought it was really good. Me too. It, it, was, <laughs> it was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a bit hard for me to kind of drone on about drone on uh, about about what I didn't like about this movie. Yes. I tried to focus on that thing, which I really do think was a little bit. It doesn't make the. I want to see it again. Yes, but the thing about the drones. It was just too overwhelming. Like there was this is a faceless, yeah. like mass of technology that can do whatever it wants. Yes. So I think that kind of was a bit of a crutch like it was, but it didn't, it didn't affect it so much because it was just so, there was so much personality in every other level of the film. Yeah. Like Peter Parker played by Tom Holland is the best Peter Parker so oh. far. He's so good at being like this awkward teenager yeah. you can see in like the subtle movements of like his nervousness his hands it's, and his it's one of those things where like I almost want like I would watch a movie about just Peter Parker without even Spider-Man yeah, yeah, like yeah. them in high school doing high school things and like falling in love and being all like quirky that's and why awkward. I, re- I really like 
I really loved the first half of the film. Yeah. Like I really thoroughly enjoyed that kind of teen comedy romance thing. Like yeah. it was so much fun to watch. And the teachers, oh, this the really two, funny. the bumbling teachers yeah. were so funny. You right. know, like I like that whole dynamic, the way that they set set up all these characters and to have them bounce off against each other. And Flash Thompson, yeah. like <laughs> the way that he like loves Spider Man, but he hates Peter Parker. Peter Parker. It's so funny, and I, it is. I think I do like that action sequence in Venice a lot. Yeah, the, the action uh, itself was expertly done. Yeah, yeah I fantastic. One hundred percent. I actually really, really like Mysterio as the villain. I yeah. really like what they did with it. But I just, I wish the drones weren't a thing. I just wish that find found a different way of kind of making that happen. Maybe make him like real illusions or something, right? But the thing is that, like, I don't think that they needed to have the drones be so. Uh, take up so much screen time. Yeah. I think even if they did say the drones and kind of like didn't spend so much time on the drones, yes. it would have been a bit better because yeah, I anytime so. I was watching the drones, it was like no emotion whatsoever flat, you know? Yeah. But I understand they needed to have like a modern way to create this illusion. And I get it. Like I, it's all, the logic is there. These are all Stark uh, ex-employees, disgruntled employees, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It did make sense in that logic, but it's just, I just felt like they were too all powerful. Like I, and, and just in general, like these movies, the last two Spider-Man movies are, they just have so much kind of personality yeah. and like this pop, right? It just feels good to watch them, right? I feel like kind of joyous in a way where I'm, yeah. also I think in a lot of ways, like this, the Spider-Man series so far feels like the only really like superhero movies that I'm watching. Now I know... That sounds weird to say because there are so many superhero movies, right? But like Thor doesn't feel like a superhero movie. So or- I think the, the way that I, I see that as well, and you tell me if this is how you feel, is that Thor has, he's so powerful. Yeah. And he's already a hero. Yes. You know, and but he, you know, he's already at that level. This is one of the few superheroes where you see the struggle between his normal life yes. and being a hero. Yeah, I think that's That what conflict it is. is so apparent. It feels know? kind of like comic booky old yeah. school in a way, right? Yeah, like yeah. Ant-Man doesn't feel like that. Ant-Man feels like a heist movie where he ha- there are powers yeah. involved. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is like a space movie where yeah. like, they're not superheroes per they're, se. They're not struggling with this dual kind of personality. You exactly. know? And in this case, they, they do it so well. And, <laughs> and the comedy in this is just so like... Oh. Perfect. Like from beginning to end, like that little, uh, the the kid who grew up over the five years, I forgot what that kid's name is, but the one who like, they were like, it was really weird when we blip back. And this kid who was just like this little elementary school kid is now this like tall, good looking guy (laughs) and he's going after MJ. And that's also cool. Like that, that, you know, when we watched Endgame, we had a conversation about, oh my God, what's life like now after the blip? And they kind of talk about all those different things. So that's the thing is I agree with you that- they didn't explore it. Yeah. They just kind of mentioned it and moved on. Yeah. And I think they had to because it's cool the, that the damage, it's cool what they yeah. did. Like it was so minimal, yeah. but it was funny. Yeah. And that's the tone of the film. Like when you think about like the damage that oh, the blip must terrible. have caused, like it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrific. <laughs> you know, like if you think about like somebody was flying in an airplane and they blipped out, now they blipped back into the exact yeah, same place. Fine. Like that's not uh, good. You know what's really funny? It's that it's in the, they're in the airplane and the guy goes like, my my wife, uh, uh, she faked uh, uh, that she blipped. Yeah. Right. It was yeah. so good. <laughs> the, the teacher, right. He's like, yeah, she faked that she blipped. <laughs> It's so good. We had a funeral for it's her. Like, it's like those little things. That's where the movie really kind of shines. The writing, the writing, the dialogue right. is so, so, so I good. I think the ending isn't as strong as the rest of the movie. And by ending, I mean the yes. climax scene so, before the, you know, the mid-credit mid sequence. So the ending, 
um, fine. Uh, it wasn't, but I don't think that was the ending. I yeah. think the real ending was the mid credits. So good, right? Yeah, because that is where you—that is the last time that you see Mysterio. Yes. That is the actual conclusion of that whole story. Is yeah. that Mysterio actually uh, left everybody with the impression that Peter Parker, that Spider-Man, yes. was a bad guy, yeah. and that he's and revealed that he's I'm, like he turned everything on its head. And I'm really excited to see what's going to happen, like in in the next in the next movie. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Like Spider-Man is definitely this is the next time we see him is not going to be in the next Spider-Man is going to be in another uh, film for sure. You know, like this is, this is huge news. So I would imagine that whatever's coming up next is going to, to I don't think so. I think it's going to be a Spider-Man You think so? Because they don't really, I don't think there's another. Because there's no Avengers right yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So there's nothing planned. So it's And there's no Iron Man. So like, what is it, what's it going to be? It was what, three years between Homecoming? No, two years between Homecoming and this. Two That's and a half, it? Three years. Yeah, it's not much. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we will probably see it sooner rather mm-hmm. than later, right? We don't want uh, Tom Holland to be a, like a 30-year-old yeah, right. playing a high schooler. Exactly. <laughs> That'll be, it's that'll be a Tobey Maguire situation. But that's the thing is that they happen to choose like actors who actually look young for a very, yeah. very long time. I don't know how they managed to do it. Here's something surprising that I didn't know. Ned, he's bald. In real life? Yeah. You're kidding. That's totally a big <laughs> I was just, what? I was just kind of like. Kids, seriously? Yeah. I had no idea. Like I found that out just before watching Far really? From Home. So the whole time I was <laughs> watching, watching, I was his, like, his wig. oh my God, that's a wig. Like, <laughs> I'll show you a picture after we're I'm done. so curious. Uh, so overall, how many, uh, you know, web shooters would you give to the... Oh, movie? man. Okay. So the way that I see this, just like I see any no. movie... How many spider legs would you give this how movie? How many spider legs? Overall, how many spider legs would you give this movie? So the way that I look at any movie is that I try to judge it based on what it's trying to be, right? And this was trying to be, you know, uh, lighthearted, but, but consequential... Uh, Spider-Man film. I think it did a great job. So I would give it like eight and a half spider legs. So that's a mutant spider with an extra half leg going I, out of its head. I agree. I think around maybe 8.3. Uh, you wouldn't give it a 10? No, not every. You don't want to give it a 10? I would give it an love eight. Giving tens, so you give this an 8. Point, tens so you're saying this movie is as good as Toy Story 4 is what you're trying to For say? For what it's trying to be. Oh my God. <laughs> if it's trying to be a... <laughs> Okay, let's let's just. But I loved I it. I loved it. I thought it was so funny, I and I, I can't wait to see. It I again. would, if it wasn't for the climax sequence, like it had I, its problems. I would rate it even higher. It's just that. It oh, just here's lost a question: a bit. Did you prefer Homecoming or Far From Home? That's that's actually really hard to. I think Far From Home. I preferred. There are things that I preferred about Homecoming. Yeah, yeah, like I the, think, like I preferred. Vulture. Yes. Although I love Mysterio. It's great. You know, like uh, it's it's a bit difficult. Maybe, actually, I think maybe Homecoming. I, I preferred Homecoming. Because Homecoming has that one, it has that great Michael Keaton reveal that oh he's God. the father, yeah, right? Yeah, that was a That's good so good, yeah. right? I didn't uh, see that coming. I didn't at all. see that coming at all. And it's so perfect. And even the ending fight sequence is kind of nice, like as opposed to the. But they're very close. Is, yeah. Like I, I really enjoy both of them. Yeah. I think this run of Spider Man, you know, is just phenomenal. And although yeah. Spider Man 2, the original Sam Raimi one, is still like just like the benchmark yes. of of superhero films. Yeah. I think that the tone of this and the consistency of this is just I mean I can't wait for the next one. I I think I told you once I told you this when we walked out of the movie but this is my favorite series yeah. I think yeah. within the 
uh, Marvel universe. universe yeah. Uh, Captain America, I loved. I love that series because you know Winter Soldier yeah. and Civil War is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But I don't care for the first. The first uh, one, kind of. But uh, but you have to look at it in context. That yeah. was so long ago. Exactly. It was before they had built this whole like world, you know. Yeah. But in terms of just a complete and the Avengers is you know I guess its own series. But as a standalone superhero series within the Marvel universe, I think these are my two favorite uh, movies. I can't even think of what would be in competition. Uh, Thor's only the third one's good. Uh, Ant-Man's are okay. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the I Galaxy. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought both the Guardians of the Galaxy films were so good. So I, I'm not, I can't. I didn't yeah. like the second Guardians of the I, Galaxy. I, I really enjoyed it. I preferred the first. Yeah. But I really enjoyed the second. We should probably do a debate about the second Guardians of the Galaxy because I didn't, I didn't like oh, it. Oh, you didn't like it? I didn't like like it. you actually didn't like yeah, it. That's I didn't interesting. Like it. Yeah. So maybe we can, that'd be an interesting episode to do. But generally speaking, this is the last film of the of of phase uh, of phase four, phase three. Yeah. So generally speaking, this is the last film of. What phase was that three. about? Do you think? Why was this the last? Uh, last uh, there was not no there was no finality to it, right? It's interesting. I think that they wanted this to be the kind of like you couldn't end on such a tragedy. I think they wanted to have a little bit of. Um, of relief before moving into the next phase. You know, I think that as far as the storylines are concerned, they yeah. also wanted to connect things like the Skrulls. They wanted to kind of hint at I what's guess. to come. Um, I think they wanted to kind of wrap up this kind of phase of Spider-Man's progression. Maybe. You know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, it's, there's not enough transformation yet. I think, you know what, honestly, because I think phase, I think the next phase yeah. is this cosmic phase and I yes. think that's that's what it comes down to this isn't cosmic and I think they want to focus on that in the next phase maybe I, I, I guess that could be a that could be a possibility it's just that they haven't in no way was this this didn't even feel like an epilogue to Endgame in any way right I think it, it did I think it felt like an epilogue I guess because they talk about the, they talk about the blip and they, and they, they do all that that Iron Man's dead and how the, who's yeah. going to be the next time yeah. what do you think that's all about do you think they're going to make Peter Parker the next but uh, he already is the, so so I think Peter Parker is now in charge of Iron Man's tech yes. and he's clearly brilliant enough to be able to do that. But as in like, is he going to play the Iron Man role in the universe? Do you no, think? he can't. He's he's a kid, you right. know? And so the role of the leader yes. of, the, of this universe will take a lot of time. It's possible yeah. that if we keep, if this Spider-Man stays for 10 that years, so, that, which that could, is which so could happen. That is interesting, right? right? Like, that, you don't know where it might That's not get possible up. with any of the other people because they're kind of older right but yeah. this he can you know technically be in this role for the next 20 years possibly right you and know you see him grow from yeah Spider-Man, which is really cool like get some facial hair right and eventually you see miles morales come into it yeah and he's like a 35 it's year exciting. old training this exactly kid. Like, it is so like, i think it's got so much potential so, so could he become this kind of father figure yeah eventually yeah, it's possible, yeah. you know, but right now I think it's more about taking over all of the power that, that Iron Man has in terms of technology and, and, and all of that. I think he's, he's able to do that and having such a pure kind of moral goodness. goodness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you loved or hated the show, please do rate, subscribe and leave some comments. It really helps us grow the podcast and community. Your support is the wind beneath our swings. Swings.